Listen. Are you listening? <laughs> this is the sound of my country. This is the sound of Taiwan. Taiwan, a small island with a whole world of sounds. Thanks so much for joining us today here on Radio Taiwan International. Up ahead this hour, it's Jukebox Republic. But we start off the week, as always, with a new edition of Here in Taiwan. Welcome to Here in Taiwan. If you're just joining us now on our Facebook live stream, you'll be joining us on Friday, January 29th. Otherwise, it's now February 1st, everyone. We've made wow. it one month down. <laughs> I'm John Van Trieste, and joining me here in the studio this almost last day of January, we've got uh, Shirley Lin. Hello. And Stash Butler. Hello. Up next, we'll be telling you how the head of the American Institute in Taiwan's southern branch has been ingratiating himself with locals by enjoying Taiwan's stinkiest culinary delight. <laughs> then why Taiwan still has a lot of work to do to prevent underage smoking, and could mint extract be a key to stopping COVID-19 in its tracks? Taiwan's top research institute seems to think so. We'll be telling you about their latest COVID-related research in just a moment. Please stick around. Tofu, love it or hate it, uh, it's unavoidable here in Taiwan, at least the smell of it is. Yeah. Uh, but some people embrace the stink, and uh, one of them is the head of the American Institute in Taiwan's southern branch in the southern city of Kaohsiung. He's been talking about how the best way of enjoying this culinary treat. Yeah, we're talking about Mason Yu, uh, who just took office as of August last year. So um, he's the chief of the AIT sort of the uh, de facto U.S. embassy in Taiwan in the absence of diplomatic ties. I feel like I'm reading the news. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is, but this is not the whole thing. This is the southern branch, which is sort yeah. of the de facto consulate, right. consulate in the absence of official diplomatic ties in the Wait, southern city of Kaohsiung. Yeah. Right. Now, it's interesting because um, he's in Kaohsiung, right? But actually, he overlooks other cities, too. There's Jiayi, Tainan, Pingdong, Taitong, and Penghu. So oh, I just learned the, that. The southern, yeah. the southern half, I yeah, guess. Yeah, the southern half. I wonder if there's so. kind of like a showdown at the middle. It's like, oh, this is Taichung. This, this is my territory. <laughs> this here Zhanghua is mine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This island ain't this big enough for two Americans. This Zhang ain't big enough for two of us. Okay, okay. You guys are great. You want to keep on going? <laughs> yeah, we've got a whole movie. Like We've got, we've got material for... For hours. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anyway, well, actually, it's not his first time in Kaohsiung. Um, ten years ago, he was there as um, working uh, in in the economics uh, section, I think. Yeah, so it was like doing economic reporting duties. So he was really looking forward to coming back ten years later. And uh, he just totally misses all the food. Like he was saying, stinky tofu has to be taken. And we're talking about the deep fried stinky tofu. Mm. Has to be taken with um, like the Taiwanese style kimchi. 
It yep. has to be. Yeah, it's it's more you know like a pickled cabbage. It's really. kind of d- d- default though. It's served that way. Like when you get it, that's what it comes with. Mm. Yeah, it's not like can I have extra kimchi? Like it's just already <laughs> right. Um, you know, it's funny because I think the other day I had some stinky tofu, but they gave me um, like um, what was it now? Uh, cucumber, cucumber travesty. slices mm. instead uh, of cabbage. Yeah. You know, and this was at a very local place. It's a it's a street street eat um, uh, at in front of a temple. That's why the food in Kaohsiung is better. They know how anyway. to serve their kimchi <laughs> okay, right. So yeah. So anyway, he really misses that. But you know, his favorite actually is goose meat, oh, goose over oh, rice. I don't care for that at all. Do you, yeah. do you guys like goose? I don't like um, gamey anything. I mean, I it's kind of. I think when I have had it, I don't know if I'm thinking of the right thing, but it's just kind of. It's fairly plain. It's not like there's much going on. It's just kind of the meat right. sitting on top of yeah. fairly ungarnished, unsort of marinated. It, it does taste different from it chicken. It just has a gamey flavor that mm, I don't care for. I don't like lamb or anything either. Mm, so. Oh, really? I'm just, quite, I quite like lamb every now and then. Yeah, I like too lamb. Gamey. Mm. Um, too gamey. I guess goose, it's just the texture is a little more tough than mm. chicken, I think. Yeah, mm. I've never really got a liking for goose I'm, all these years that I've been back, 30 su- years now. I'm surprised he's in Kaohsiung and hasn't mentioned Dan Dan Hao Hanbao, which is the signature Kaohsiung fast food joint. They don't have it in yeah, Taipei. Yeah, You true. can't get it there. Well, um, he, he was mentioning more about his favorite, which is stinky tofu and the goose meat. I mean, he's tried all kinds of food oh. and he's... You know, he's got an Asian look to him. I've I've not been able to his figure out what his background. Is Yu, which yeah, you, right. You, you'd assume his home is Seattle, Washington okay. State. Sounds like Chinese um, American. Yeah, I think he's Chinese American or Taiwanese so anyway. American. I don't know. I'm not sure. Yeah, I, I wanted to find out, ch- but anyway, is this Yu is a name that we yeah. have. Mm. Mm. By the yeah, way, Jen Delari is asking how oh. exactly how stinky stinky tofu is. <laughs> so, we, um, so she asks on a scale of beautiful flowers to durian. Uh, oh, worse than durian. Oh. Worse than durian. Well, there you go. It's off the durian. scale. That's um, off the scale. When I first yeah. came to Taiwan, I thought, why can't they seem to do sewers properly? Because it just smells. There must, must be leaks. There seem to be leaks <laughs> okay. everywhere. It does it smell does like sewage. Like, yes. like, like a, yeah. Like yeah. a septic tank. Like manure or something yeah. like that. Oh. It does. I mean, uh, you know, that, that's just yeah. what it sewer, like. yeah. I can agree. There, yeah. what's, what, what's interesting, though, is that not all stinky tofu is created equal. There's one fried place near me that has a distinctly pungent smell, but it doesn't stink. It smells more mm. like... Oh, it smells almost like plastic. You're becoming Taiwanese. No, but, <laughs> you don't think it's. But there are no, there are places that really smell. <laughs> well, you know what? Actually, I it prefer can, it can come boiled or. Yes, I was just gonna say fried. steamed. Yeah, boiled ones. Or fried, steamed. They I'm sorry, are, uh, steamed. They're a lot more stinky than mm-hmm. deep fried ones. Yeah, okay? I suppose and the kind of smell disperses more. Good. <laughs> I mean, some some people cook it in a sort of a hot and spicy Sichuan style. Uh, Broth, which kind uh, of dilutes the stink. It does, it's kind of the, the hot and spicy takes over from there, so it's, you really I mean, can't tell that it's stinky tofu. Yeah, I mean, it's funny because the smell is kind of um, misleading because you know it smells bad, but it just doesn't. The, the taste doesn't really it's fine. It's fine, yeah, it's tolerable. It's yeah, it's yeah. A, yeah, like it smells a lot worse than it than it. Its bark is worse than its bite, right, so to right. speak. Yeah, but sewage. Imagine sewage. Imagine sewage, but don't, it's not. It's not like eating sewage. It's, no. it's just like smelling it. It's not just the most appetizing like a, thing. A gutter. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know this new story about Mason Yu. Though it started off by saying that mostly diplomats, you know, it, it, um, you associate them with like wine, um, wine tasting, or wine and like high class dining. Mm. But Mason is more into the local eats in Taiwan. You know, mm. he's just all for it. You know, like uh, including, of course, the bubble tea. Oh, right. And then also he really likes the, um, you know, these um, yen su ji. 
these uh, deep fried, you know, chicken nuggets, right? Oh, but which the like stand that. actually comes with a whole sort assortment of different things so you can deep fry them. Okay, that's uh, the other stuff I, I, I like, but the, the chicken itself is a very strong oily yeah. smell to that I'm always going <laughs> yeah yeah I know I, I can only have that occasionally it's long, really not long something while. you would not want to eat every day yeah. right so anyway so um, he also well, hey he he doesn't limit to just his liking in Kaohsiung he also talks about Tainan and about Pingdong well he didn't specifically say what in Tainan but Pingdong it's the uh, the peppered shrimp I didn't know that was famous for that mm. yeah so actually sounds there good though our oh. restaurants they only serve shrimp but all different ways of shrimp, hmm. you know, um, like, you know, black peppered or I think he said he said something about nimong xia. Nimong xia is like how lemon, could, like maybe lemons. Hmm. Mm. How, how, could have, how could he have Tainan in his jurisdiction and not mention the food there? Because that is the food capital of Taiwan. Yeah, that is yeah. probably more famous than Gaoshan. The story didn't have enough space to say. How they ran out of it. <laughs> yeah. They would have had to extend <laughs> the, to yeah. the, the page limit. He also um, said something about Heiweiyu. Um, dark tuna in Pingdong. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. There's what, a fishing like, port that sells it there. Yeah. Right, but like like sashimi style. Mm-hmm. I mean, okay, okay. So they are fresh, you know, mm. just right from the coast. So I, I can see that. Yeah. But anyway, he's all talking about food. Uh, <laughs> Southern Taiwan knows how to do food. Yeah, that's, definitely. That's so, right. Um, so this was um, when he was, uh, you know, being interviewed by a central news agency, CNA. And he said, in, and he even said that, I'm just getting hungry talking about uh, it now. No, and that's such a Taiwanese <laughs> news agency thing to do is like make the whole interview just about food. Yeah. <laughs> Bring it on to food. Yeah. <laughs> Well, before we move on, uh, who's joining us right now? Uh, we have, uh, well, we have Jen Delari, Old Faithful. Um, <laughs> we have Nas- Nasir Aziz, who else? Uh, Sri Masriya, Osvaldo from from Mexico City, Osvaldo Supsoneyan. Thanks for joining us, such a late hour. Oh, wow, okay. Yeah. And also Setio Bodionio from Indonesia. Mm. And uh, we also have Sabina Guo. Okay. And Mohammed Abdul Salam. Yeah. Where are you, Mohammed Abdul Salam? Let us know. All yep. right. Well, um, when it comes to keeping underage people from smoking, Taiwan really has a long way to go. Um, they, the government, it looks like, did a commissioned a report that was done from April to October last year, and they inspected 660 businesses across Taiwan using people who proposing. I guess they must have looked young. They must have, mm. they're young looking people to posing as high school students, even wearing their u- school uniforms. So it's very clear that, like, I'm underage. I'm underage. Like, right. basically wearing a wearing badge. A sign, saying, yeah. 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 To see how many of them could get away with buying cigarettes. Mm. And uh, the conclusion is that teenagers in Taiwan can easily buy cigarettes at 37.1% of stores across the country that sell it, even though it's very much illegal Wow, for that to be the case. I actually know someone, uh, one of my brothers, my younger brother's friends, does, does that in the UK. Really? Yeah, as in it's like you get paid by the council or whatever, and you, you know, it's yeah, like you say, it's he's very young looking. He's he is nineteen or something, but right. or twenty now, but but he looks like he could be very much under eighteen. Right, right, and so, right. you, and because they have this kind of challenge twenty one or whatever policy, he should by all means be asked. I mean, in the states, they have um, some supermarkets, for instance. I know a uh, sort of calendar that they peel off every day with "You must have been born 
at this oh, date really? or later in order to purchase tobacco products oh, here. Okay. And That's if you try to way. and if you try to like at a supermarket, for instance, they actually and this is the same for alcohol. They mm. um they the manager will come out, take a look you over. Do oh, you wow. have gray hair or not? Otherwise, it's ID. Actually, that was the policy at a restaurant I worked in at the States as well. If they don't have gray hair... You ID them. It doesn't matter if they're clearly over 40. Wow. They don't have gray hair. You ask for ID. That's it didn't say what to do in case it was a young-looking person who maybe just was very stressed. And yeah. I mean, I, I, actually, I can think of a couple of people I know off the top of my head who are like in their twen- late 20s but, and gray. So. Yeah. Well, um, yeah, not, not here. Um, it found that teenagers... Uh, were able well here's the breakdown F- almost half of grocery stores that was the worst offender wow the grocery stores and well the, and internet cafes and then uh, over 40% of betel nut stands I don't know if betel nut is regulated in Taiwan it's, it's for those who don't know a, a nut that's like a stimulant it's chewed and it produces it colors your whole mouth this horrific red color yeah mm-hmm. and um, it's yeah, cancerous it's very cancerous very cancerous it causes a lot of oral cancer but only about um, sort of 20 years have after you, guys you start tried taking it? it no I have no have you well Natalie and I tried to bite into one like years ago doing it for a show and then we, I, I couldn't bite into it. It's like so fibrous, you know, mm. and so hard. Oh. Well, so I kind of just gave up. <laughs> well, um, good, better for your health, and also more than twenty percent of convenience stores and supermarkets as well. Um, I'm not going to say who the worst offenders were, but I'll give a, a golden star in the convenience store category to OK Mart because only like twelve percent were found to ignore the law, whereas the numbers for the highest was over. Was close to fifty percent. Wow! So I think oh. the very is so very sharply they, by brand. They by separated chain. by chain. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, have they done a similar thing for alcohol? I don't I know. No, because I feel like I mean, I don't know. Coming from the UK, I I feel like I I mean, you know, obviously I'm I'm well over the age that I can be drinking, right. but I, I still feel like by now I would have been ID'd somewhere in the UK, whereas I yeah. haven't been ID'd at all. I have only uh-huh. I have been I ID'd every time I go home. Mm. Every time. Uh, every time. Without exception. Yeah. I've never not been asked. Yeah. Like, I, mean, I mean, obviously, that in, in the US, it's 21. In the UK, it's 18. So but it's still. Bit, but still, yeah. You have to. Yeah. And here, I've never once been asked by anyone. Yeah. Ever. Oh. But, then, but maybe, I guess, like, I don't know how bad the underage drinking problem here in, is in Taiwan. I but hmm. I, I feel like it's definitely less serious than it is in the UK. Probably. I think, yeah. Smoking I think, is probably more serious than um, alcohol. Yeah. Um, so, they also mm. broke down by... Um, supermarket chain so they did a very detailed study of all this and then at a press conference uh it looks like on tuesday where they announced all these results um the director of the health promotion administration the the organization that commissioned this whole thing he came to what i think is a rather dubious conclusion he says the problem stems from a lack of training and information among vendors i think it stems from a lack of caring yeah, mm. I think that's probably And it. this is backed up, I think, in this article pretty well because they illustrate how, even if you are fined, it's a complete slap on the wrist. Is it they, they say what the amount is? Well, the thing is, there's a legal amount, but when fines are like a minimum mm. fine, yeah. that's almost never enforced. When fines are even handed out, it's below what the law actually stipulates. Because oh, well, so, who, so who, who's handing out these? Aren't they breaking the law by? Yeah, so um, is it local councils or something? It's uh, police, I suppose. Right. Um, so the police are breaking the law. Yeah. Well, this is from 2017 to 2019. Local health authorities. I'm sorry. Local health authorities, which could be I don't know right. what, uh, could what, be a what level, city, yeah. Cal- yeah, bureau. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, only issued around 400 fines annually. 
and all of them were averaged way below the minimum of 352 U.S. dollars stipulated in the Tobacco Hazards Prevention Act. Uh, the reason being that a lot of them were imposed on the people, the underage people themselves. Oh, so the publishing... I mean, The buyers that, and the vendors both get fined. Right. Oh, okay. But so is there a minimum for one and not the other, maybe? No, they just they think other kids, we won't. Oh, the okay. Amount. They don't have that kind of money. That's strange. Oh. I, think, I, think, I think in the UK, I mean, like, it's a lot more strict for the people. I, I mean, I've never heard of anyone going to prison for buying alcohol. But, no. like, I think you can lose a significant amount of money if you're found as, a, like, a bar or a... You can lose your license to yeah, sell these exactly, things. Yeah, exactly, exactly, yeah. I think in Taiwan, it's very... It's a bit... Yeah. fair. Yeah, it's a bit... Um, fair. And I think there's... A lot of less social. Um, I don't know. It's a different society. The k- kids are much less likely to want to do those things here. I yeah, feel. I, I feel much that more rule abiding. Yeah. in general, when it comes to smoking, though, not so much. Um, the Health Promotion Administration wants to amend the law so that uh, people who sell cigarettes to buyers under the age of eighteen will be can will have to pay a significantly higher fine. They're, mm. They are. It's like right now. Like ten thousand NT dollars to fifty thousand, they want to raise it to a minimum of two hundred and fifty thousand to wow. give this thing some teeth. Two hundred fifty thousand NT dollars. What is? Uh, I'm going to do some quick maths in my head. What is that? That's like, that's almost eight thousand. Well, it's more than eight thousand pounds. What, what about? 10, well, right, right now it's only like ten thousand to two hundred fifty thousand. Yeah. That's, that's a definitely big raising increase. the stakes. Yeah. yeah. Um, they they also have another survey that they cited from 2019 that says, uh, yeah, like fifty five percent of junior high school students. We're talking middle school. Fifty-five percent are able to buy cigarettes are when, able, tr- okay. when they're when they if they have tried. And right. Have been okay. Able to. I thought you were going to say they, they, that fifty-five percent of junior high school students smoke because that would be actually there are a lot of like they're kids really they're, that I see in the by the KTV place the karaoke place oh, really? where, I, where I am. Yeah, I think it's more of a smoking I, problem than there's, an, there's a drinking one. Yeah. yeah, I think they might be they what we would cool. call. Yeah, exactly. I think they they might uh, be what we would call in Chinese like buliang uh, yan, just as in bad mm, bad yeah. bad apples. <laughs> Or maybe on the right side, the wrong side of the tracks. Um, but yeah. like, you look at them and you go, they can't be much older than like twelve or thirteen. Really? Like, I actually uh, haven't witnessed that for some reason. Maybe I'm just you not hanging enough. I, 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 hang I only bar. hang out in reputable establishments. Okay. I'll have you know. <laughs> they're, they're near the no. They're just on the cro- on the sidewalk outside. Oh wow! They're near on the way to the station, so I walk past there quite a bit. Well, Nasir Aziz agrees with us. He says smoking and alcohol are both injurious to health, especially for the underage. Mm. Yeah. Um, so hopefully uh, we can do something about this i think it's just a matter of first of all uh i guess you could say information but they know what they're doing yeah they know what they're i mean doing. it's information in terms of knowing exactly how hard we're going to punish you exactly you, yeah it's a matter of getting people to actually care about enough to enforce i think it. i feel like i mean i don't know if it's the same in taiwan but i think smoking rates are gen like generally declining everywhere so yeah. i imagine that it's still something that's going to get better in the future. I just, I do get the impression, and it may just be the place where I grew up, but that more people smoke here than in the States. Really? Really? I, that's just the feeling that I have, mm. a gut feeling. It's and, more... And also, there's vaping. You know, that's, that's true. That, that, that's, we that's, have that. I think, yeah, that's, we have that. that's becoming more and more serious in the UK. Yeah. We have that. Yeah. We have a lot yeah. of that. We have, that we have a vape shop next to us, which is kind of like a very bizarre thing I didn't ever expect to see in yeah. Taiwan. Yeah, right? So, we got one shops. just downstairs from us. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, a problem, a social problem. Uh, maybe increasing fines and enforcing them is the answer. Well, Taiwan's top research institute, Academia Sinica, has done it again. They looked through... So many different types of uh, medicines. It says here 2,855 U.S. FDA-approved drugs 
that are either have human or even veterinary uses, as well as more than two, it looks like 200 antiviral traditional Chinese medicines to try and find something besides a vaccine that we can use to fight COVID-19. Wow. Wow. And they've come up with some interesting uh, conclusions here. <laughs> the potential they can, they've they've narrowed it down. To, well, they had they found fifteen medicinal compounds with the potential to work. Mm. And in the final analysis, there are five pharmaceuticals and herbal medicines that they think can rein in, if not not cure it, but rein in the viral activity. Right. Or maybe it says here cut off its ability to reproduce in okay. the body. Um, it's an interesting mix. We have the malaria drug mefloquine. An HIG, HIV drug called nelfinavir, but also extracts of these herbs, uh, one is called an oriental fungus called Ganoderma lucidum, as well as extracts of perilla and get this mint, like mint. the plant mint uh-huh. in your wow. garden. Say, say that, not ga- by itself, Ganoderma, that one really rolls off the tongue. Lucidum. <laughs> Ganoderma lucidum. lucidum. It's an, it says in parentheses, an oriental fungus. So, oh, I found okay. it. Um, Here we go. It's, I mean, I'm looking at a nice... Oh, it's very it's large. Fungusy? I fungal? knew it. I was just going to say it's linzi. Oh, that's very expensive stuff. It is expensive. So I guess, I'm guess i guessing that won't be... Uh, that's used in Chinese medicine. That will yes. not be uh, used... And you know, not you widely can be available. Sure, yeah, you can be sure that a lot of Chinese medicine or herbs are going to be helpful with COVID-19. In fact, I have uh, a couple uh, Indonesian friends, and they both got um, covid Mm. And the wife was not as serious as a husband. But um, even before they got COVID, they were really looking into Linzi. Oh, really? <clears throat> they even came to Taiwan thinking that like, maybe they can, like, you know, import this stuff. Um, they, just, into, they just had a hunch that this would be. Uh, they believed this stuff and it worked. They it cures all sorts of things. They, um, they cure totally from it's COVID, expensive. by the way. Um, it is. They used hamsters in these experiments, which is sad. Um, but they, I was going to say, like, how, how do they come to these conclusions? Are they just kind um, of. Uh, and I must have been a lot of hamsters if they were having only 3,000 US federal drug admi- food and drug administration approved drugs plus 200 Chinese medicines. Anyway, yeah, a lot uh, of hamsters must have a steady uh, supply. I, I guess so. The team has cautioned that further research is needed to examine the therapeutic effects of the pharmaceuticals on humans. Mm. However, they're optimistic about the likelihood that these candidates will be developed into readily available medications. This is very expensive. I doubt that. Uh, how expensive are we talking here? How, how, what, what is it um, kind of per weight? Actually, I don't know what the uh, current price is, but I just know it's they're, they're sought after. Really? Um, yeah. And they're hoping that they can make these, well, mint's probably pretty easy to do, into a medication that you can take orally, in the same way that the influenza drug Tamiflu is taken. So, okay, so like a, a, a capsule or... A maybe. Cap- yeah. Um, yeah, they say the key to developing antiviral medications lies in disrupting the reproduction process of the virus in cells. And you can do that by inhibiting one or two proteins that are involved in the replication. Apparently, it doesn't say where mint comes into this. Yeah. Like, we're just like, and, then, and then mint just makes your breath just nice afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> That's just the kind of like, you have this horrible tasting medicine, and, but, but you still smell yeah. fresh afterwards. You know that means it's horrible tasting. Well, oh, is it? Mint's probably much so. nicer. It looks like it. <laughs> yeah. um, my guess is that the malaria and HIV drugs and mint, which you can just get anywhere, yeah. are probably the most readily available of these. But that's interesting to uh, think about. Yeah. I, I mean, I feel like people have been looking for kind of cures for for obviously for coronavirus for a while and i mm. I, I sort of felt we like we'd exhausted all the all the routes but apparently we're still going we're still finding was, oh yeah. it was on my balcony the whole time yeah who'd have known <laughs> the solution was right there in front of us <laughs> any last comments yeah, yeah. well we, we've got some uh, hellos from somaliland from fahad kabobe uh-huh, yes. 
again, the, the old classics, Joshua Buendia in the Philippines, uh, Radhakrishna Pillai, who is from Kerala, which is I've actually been to in India, and that's a beautiful part of India. So oh, wow, nice. well done for that. When Nasir Aziz says that medicines and drugs are very expensive in Pakistan. Well, mint. I don't know if you have to like do something to it, though, what the active yeah. ingredient is. They, didn't, they do not Isn't specify clever. here. Yeah, I mean, I imagine that must have been a real surprise when they found out that mint... Don't, don't take it on its own. It's not going to work. I, okay. I think there was some more <laughs> it to it than like, yeah. Yeah. processed okay. in some special way. Anyway, <laughs> well, that just about does it for today's edition of Here in Taiwan. Thanks to everyone who joined us today. I'm John Van Trieste. I'm Shirley Lin. And I'm Stash Butler. And if you're joining us on the air, please stay tuned because we're going to have some more of Shirley in just a moment with her music program, Jukebox Republic. Bye for now. Bye. Welcome to Chupas Republic. I'm Shirley Lin at Radio Taiwan International. So my daughter, Cynthia, the older one, who lives in Shanghai, has come back to visit for the Lunar New Year holidays. She finally came out of her quarantine last Wednesday. You know how you have to be quarantined for 14 days. Although she's still in self-monitoring right now, which means that she has to wear a mask at all times, for the next seven days um, and she cannot go to restaurants or you know any public places with crowds with people and no taking public transportation it was kind of funny when it was near her end of the 14 day required quarantine she was really acting like a little child that's why the song it's called The Child Within Yourself by He Zhenzhen
Well, I can't believe that song myself. It's like la 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 all the way. Well, definitely a child's, like a little girl song. Anyway, you've just tuned in Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin, and I was talking about how my daughter just got out of quarantine, the 14-day required quarantine, and she was acting like a little child the moment she got out. Okay, um, basically her quarantine time was up last Wednesday around midnight. No, at midnight. When it was like 20 minutes to midnight, I was uh, to midnight. I was ready to take my shower, and I said. Oh, who cares about that 20 minutes? Go ahead and come out now. Well, you see, being quarantined at home means staying the whole 14 days in a room with its own separate bathroom. And we had given up our master bedroom uh, for her to do that. And um, the whole 14 days, she was not able to get out of her room, uh, step out of room at all, except to open the door to get food. I had put a chair at the door and I would put food on it so that she would put on a mask, come to the door, open it and get the food and go back inside and eat it herself. So on the last day, I said, just come out. Who's going to care about that 20 minutes? But then my son, Charles, was saying, no, we have to have a formal ritual about this. So um, he said, we have to wait until midnight. So what happened was that I was in the shower when she broke the fast. She came running to the bathroom door, opened the door a crack and called out to me out of like real, I mean, sheer excitement. Okay. And then later I actually watched this video that my son had secretly took of her when she came out of her room. I was like, I'm, I'm smiling right now. I'm thinking about it. She was like going from room to room, exploring and making little remarks under her breath, like as if she's in a totally new place. And I mean, of course, she's very familiar with the layout of the house. She knows every room and everything that's in the house. But she was acting like she's finally free, you know, given freedom or something like that. And um, so under this Instagram video that my son took, she wrote, I mean, he wrote in caption, like as if someone just been released from prison. It was just like that. You know, she was looking so just funny. Yeah. <laughs> like a little child, you know, like kind of like discovering something, you know, discovering secrets or something like that. Um, so here's this song. It's called Freedom.
Okay, so that was "Freedom" by Lin Xiaopei. Now, um, I actually try to imagine how that must have felt. Must have felt for my daughter, you know, getting out of um, quarantine and I mean being confined for fourteen days, you know, in to a room. I mean, I wouldn't have wanted that for myself. The good thing was that she was able to quarantine at home. If she had been late by two days, she would have to be quarantined at home all by herself. None of us could be there with her. And or or quarantine at a, ho- a quarantine hotel, neither of which she would have wanted. I wouldn't have wanted that either. I don't like being alone, especially at night. You know, in a room, a hotel room. Not like my friend's daughter who had to be quarantined. Well, this was going way back, but、um, maybe half a year ago. But、um, because she was really into online games, this daughter, you know, and and she was not bored at all. You know, she just played online games all day long, all fourteen days. You know, I actually interviewed her for my other show, and she said that she was fine. You know, there's nothing exciting to talk about. You know,、uh, being quarantined, but、um, I mean that's great for her. But if it were me, I'd be like bored. I'd be like playing games on my mobile. I'd be like watching lots of Netflix movies one after the other, and probably napping a lot. And then I'll be snacking a lot, probably,、um, just binging away on snack food, on junk food, and、um, maybe occasionally doing some exercise using a Nike training app that I have on my mobile. 
That's why I left、uh, my daughter a yoga mat in the room for her to exercise. I'm not sure if she used it at all, but she did some dance exercises using her mobile, and she actually did sweat, so that's good, I guess. But I mean, you know, would I come out acting like I've just been freed from jail? I don't know. I probably want to go out, get some fresh air right away, take a long walk, probably get some sun if there's sun. So this song is "Sai Tai Yang." It means sunbathing by Kang Jingchun.
For the pandemic to totally disappear seems like a far-fetched thing. I mean, we don't—we're not seeing things turning for the better. You know, it's going to be for some time to come. And in wearing masks is going to be a new norm. You know, I think、um, it's brought some good to at least to Taiwan. People are not getting sick as often. You know, maybe that means less and less people are visiting doctors and hospitals. What would that mean for doctors and nurses in the future? I don't know. My My second daughter, my other daughter, is a nurse.、Uh, people are now more aware about the importance of exercising. You know that means、uh, you know less and less people are getting sick. Hopefully, except when getting old, then you'll be reporting to the hospital more often than more often than I guess. And、um, so that means less and less people are going out, and that means more and more people are staying home, staying indoors. Well, that's a good thing and a bad thing, and then everything is going to be remote.、Uh, that's a good thing and a bad thing, and it seems like keeping healthy will be all the rage on people's minds. Now, that would mean more exercising, whether it's indoors or outdoors or going to the gym, just like what I'm doing. I'm taking Zumba classes three times a week, and now I'm taking up strength training too.、Uh, this is together with my hubby, Big John, and we're de- we're taking strength training classes about twice a week. So and then what about wearing masks? That's going to be all the new norm.、Uh, actually, Taiwan just came out with these masks that have a transparent part around the mouth. Apparently, that's great for those who have hearing disabilities because they can read lips for better interpretation. Even I think I prefer that because sometimes it's hard to understand what someone's trying to say behind that mask, you know. And I don't know. I don't know what that transparent、um, mask is made of, but it does not cloud over with your breath on that transparent part. But if you ask me, it looks funny, you know, wearing a mask with a with a mouth part transparent. I was actually thinking, why not make the whole mask transparent? But then at a distance, people won't know that you're wearing a mask. And then I thought, okay, so then maybe color them red. Or blue or green, like colored transparent masks. I don't know how that would look on us. You know, would it still look ridiculous as well? I bet inventors have already or are already thinking of that and working on it. I don't. I don't know if it would work, but I'm kind of looking forward to seeing masks become a fashion piece. Anyway, everything is still so uncertain about this COVID nineteen thing. So let's all hope for the best and、uh, stay healthy. 
I hope that uh, you all really take um, you know, these restrictions strictly. Like, for example, wear a mask. It really does help. Thanks so much for tuning in to Jukebox Republic. I'm Shirley Lin. We all want that feeling of security, so let's just wear our mask, okay? And this is a song about security. Anchengan by He Yao San. Shanjajidabuchi 雪人已那么靠近for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw. Our 60-minute English program can be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 6185 kHz. In South Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. 
Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199 Taipei, Taiwan. You can also email us at rti at rti.org.tw.